Oh, hey, peddlers. Um, welcome back. Another show. Still going. Um, super thanks to everyone that listened to last week's show. That was my... Every week I, I publish, I always hit another high number, another high number, another high number. So I guess I'm doing something right and something that's worthwhile listening to. So thanks to everyone that does subscribe and listens and shares it and does whatever it takes to kind of like get the numbers kind of going and more and more. Um, today's show... Um, totally different and it's kind of like what i originally started out this podcast show for uh it's something that that massively interested me um as a bike person and someone that's into bike shops and the change you kind of see throughout different countries cultures and that kind of thing and it's part of my um you know kind of mission to go out there and and find these stories and these different perspectives on how to grow a brand uh, grow a product and, and the story that kind of gets told uh through that kind of whole process as well Bicycle Junction, it's a bike shop in Wellington and I had no intention of, of talking to, to Dan from Bicycle Junction when I first went there. But after being in Wellington for a, you know a week and then coming back and, and seeing the shop, having a coffee in there, seeing, if you, I mean, if you go there and sit down and have a coffee and look around, you'll soon see why they're a little bit different from everywhere else. And uh, it, it was definitely a reason why I wanted to talk to Dan. And I mean, just go onto the website and also go to the about page look at Dan's profile and just read a little bit and you're like man I want to talk to this guy <laughs> he sounds well interesting so that was what I did um, I spoke to the Kenny brothers who are also in Wellington and I spoke to Dan pretty much straight after usually with the podcast I go in there with some preset kind of questions or I do a bit of research and I kind of know where I want to go with it and where to sort of probe and where to not and where to ask kind of questions but with this one it was like totally just freehand you know I had no uh, idea what to ask and you'll probably get that from the the podcast interview. I was kind of like through some questions and, and then just saw where it led. And pretty much most of it surprised me, to be honest. I didn't know. And it kind of excited me, really, that that the approach I took and, and, and where the conversation ended up. So have a listen and just hear kind of what his perspective is of what he's trying to do. And if you listen to the very first podcast when I spoke to Alistair Worrell, uh, the guy who wins Rolls and it's the one of the biggest um, distributors in bike parts in New Zealand. And the one interesting thing he said to me was, uh, if you open a bike shop, know your market. Know who you're going to talk to, what your reason is for doing what you do, and find the products that go with that as well. And I know this is a touchy subject and it's something I'm really interested in as a brand and marketing person who's uh, been involved in businesses that have kind of gone big and gone small and, and failed. And the bike industry seems to be going through this constant shift and change. Um, and I think that's like any kind of industry or culture, it shifts and changes from different place and different style and different uh, products you're kind of uh, pushing out there. Um, you probably know of shops that have closed down, uh, some that have opened. But if you kind of look around and you see shops that are doing really well and some that aren't, they probably offer something slightly different. And, you know, there's this whole change and I think it's quite obvious in a bike industry. You kind of see the electric bikes kind of happening or the shift in different ways to commute, um, the reasons why people ride, this whole gravel scene happening now. And you've kind of got those obvious things happening. But you've also got something underneath as well that if you kind of scratch the surface, you'll find there's a different need out there and a different... different parts of the market as well you know if you look at shops that happen in Europe some of the ones that are doing really well that are probably focused on a more premium market or even some that are focused on you know for example the bike shop I worked in in Auckland T-White's you know it's focused on the second hand bike market and it's doing really well so 
you know, sometimes with a bike shop, it's not just about putting parts up on a wall and having a workshop and opening your doors and just expecting people to walk in. And I think that's the key thing to kind of think about when you listen to this podcast. And the one thing that I am super interested in, and the one thing I'm going to go on a mission to find out when I travel back home, uh, is to go and talk to people who are doing things differently and, and share that with you guys so you can listen to it and maybe get some ideas and inspiration to, to do something different yourself. Uh, so sit back enjoy this one we have some nice little background music because we sat you know inside next to the speaker and dan was obviously working at the same time as well so uh, a few times he had to get up and do his thing but that's kind of cool yeah and then apart from that an update from me uh, i've got an extra kind of show coming out in the week and i'm really focusing on now my mission to stay in new zealand for a little bit longer and that will focus me on riding the tour of Aotearoa, Aotearoa. I can't ever pronounce it, um, which is the show from last week when I spoke to the Kenny brothers and we sat down and talked about the the, the the tour that they kind of put together and that's the one I'm going to be doing. It takes about, I think the time limit for the whole thing is 30 days and I'm just working out how can I document, how can I showcase this event? Do I focus on me and the, the speed of doing it or more on the ride itself you know what i experience and and see and and the culture and the change and the shift in people and uh the roads the the conditions you know i'm still figuring that out but i'm going to do that with you guys so if you're interested in knowing how i kind of find a way to storytell uh the the show i'm going to be bringing out in the week is where i focus and talk to the people that matter when it comes to publishing these stories so stay tuned for that i've got a really really cool interview uh, as part of that as well and i'll also describe a little bit more about my thinking uh, and ideas and like always jump on my instagram uh, at peddling podcast website as well peddlingpodcast.com uh, reach out share some info if you know anyone that i should talk to when i'm traveling around new zealand let me know too um enjoy the show enjoy dan uh, and dan give us a just jump in dan tell me what's going on in in the world of bicycle junction pedaling podcasts arrives in the uh, local bike shop in wellington called bicycle junction i'm talking with dan um hello dan welcome to the show how are you good i'm all right the sun's out now which is kind of good Sure is. There's less yeah. wind. Yeah. Uh, it's probably what twenty plus degrees right now. It seems like it, which is pretty unusual for here. Yeah. So yeah. Well, you've got your doors open, so yeah. you know, must be good. Um, well, let's start off with some quick fire questions, so everyone knows kind of who you are and what you're doing. Um, I'll start off with a current location. Uh, Wellington, New Zealand, corner of um, Marion Street and uh, Gusney Street, uh, right in the heart of the Laneways district in Tiara. And your home country. Uh, well, that's that's uh, actually not a quick fire question, but um, I was actually bo- uh, I'll, I'll do the quick fire answer to it. So I was uh, born in Australia, uh, grew up uh, between New Zealand, uh, the States, and Denmark, um, but I always seem to come back to here. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, so I guess so, <laughs> next question is home city, but I guess it's quite a few. Well, yeah, I, Wellington is home, okay. and and I realised that after. Um, after the last time I was away for a long time in Denmark. And, yeah. So why, why New Zealand? Why did you end up in, in New Zealand? Uh, it's always been the place that I've come back to. And uh, I've always felt, all through growing up, I always felt like a foreigner wherever I was. Uh, because I wasn't a Kiwi and I wasn't really an Australian and I wasn't an American. And uh, though all my bloodline is Danish, uh, I had to learn Danish. Um, so. Uh, I feel at home here now. 
Okay. Um, yeah, so, so out of everywhere you could kind of end up in New Zealand, what, what, what brought you into to Wellington? What was the um, reason for setting here? Well, kind of by, de- by default, I mean, this is, this is where I spent most of my time in, in New Zealand growing up. Um, but um, uh, the certain things I love about Wellington, uh, it's, it's not really an easy place to live. Uh, the weather's pretty crap a lot of, a lot of the time. Um, uh, and I, I feel like people who live in Wellington make a conscious choice to live in Wellington. Yeah. It's not a paradise that's simply easy, easy to live in. You have to have, a, I think you have to have a certain drive or creativity or a like for the changing elements, the changing weather, uh, the rough weather, the good weather. It's, it's really a lovely place when the sun shines, uh, like it is today. Uh, but I also get excited by the really strong southerlies and um, massive waves and horrible weather. I like it just as much as I do the sunshine. It's different. Um, but it is. It is. Uh, I mean, I've been in here a week now, and it, it is a pretty incredible place. I mean, I mean, I've been in Auckland for quite a while, and been able to compare. It's quite a big difference. Um, not only just the the layout of the city is a lot more comfortable to get around, but also <laughs> you go and cycling, you end up seeing people of families, people of, of all different, you know, backgrounds or whatever, they're all out doing something, you know, they're all out surfing, yeah. kayaking, hiking. It's a really active city, and I mean, that's part and parcel of, of that weather thing as well, because you can't wait for the weather to be good. You just got to get out and do it. Um, and there's a lot of creativity in Wellington too. It's quite vibrant in terms of the artistic community, um, which you know, and we hold that community quite dear here in the shop too. And we partner with with the artistic community to create events. And, yeah, yeah, we'll um, get onto that. Yeah. There's a few things here already really interesting. I want to talk about. So back to the quick fire. So years married. Um, none. None. Okay. But I have a I have a partner of ten years. A oh, great. Okay. Uh, and we have three children. Next question. Uh, what are your bikes? Um, I mean, it's a big question because you've been riding bikes for a long time and all different. Yeah, um, it's simple. Right, that's a good answer. <laughs> we'll go with that. And we're in your bike shop right now. How many years have has the bike shop been here? Uh, the bike shop's been here just over a year, but we were out in Newtown in a smaller shop uh, for five years prior to that. So we've been running for a little over six years. So you're coming up to your first year now, or it's gone already? Yeah, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're through our first year in the new shop. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not at all. Okay, so let's just dive into talking about you know the bike shop. Yeah. One of the reasons why I kind of wanted to talk to you is because this, this, this shop stands out compared to every other bike shop I've seen around. You know, it's not the, it's not the, um, you know, the jack of all trades, the one that has the, 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 the cascade of bikes across the window and, and that kind of thing. Actually, I mean, you have to kind of be here to, to, to kind of feel the, feel the vibe. Um, but if you can describe kind of what the bike is, the bike shop is, what would you say? Um, I'd say we're about transport over sport. Uh, we're about, um, uh, riding bikes for uh, utility and recreation, but we're not about going fast. Uh, we're about doing fun stuff by bike. Uh, we're doing about doing practical stuff by bike. Um, 
It's about the difference between a cyclist and somebody who rides a bike. Um, now we also cater to keen cyclists who like to do, you know, adventure riding and who also ride to work and all that kind of thing. So we're we're, we're an inclusive shop, um, uh, but our our focus really is about getting more people riding bikes for transport um, because I think cities are a whole lot nicer and more vibrant with a strong cycle culture. Uh, the There's a really interesting distinction with bikes for transport. I mean what I always look for and, and even when I spoke to um, the Mr. Warhol himself, you know, one of the things he said as a distributor, if you're gonna open a bike shop, know your market mm. before you open, know your market and know who you're catering to. And that's a quite a clear thing you just mentioned, you know, we cater for bikes for transport. Yeah, I mean our our market and um, I mean, we have we have the social purpose of, of getting more uh, people to ride uh, bikes, yeah. uh, and there's no point in us marketing ourselves to cyclists if we're going to do that because we're not getting one more cyclist on a bike. We're getting people on a bike, and those people, uh, the large part of them, are completely not interested in cycling at the moment. It hasn't even dawned on them yet that they might ride a bike. And um, and these are the people that would you would look at transport in a different way before they look at a bike as an option. They yeah, it's maybe not even on their radar. I mean, we have customers who come in for coffee and they sit down and um, enjoy their coffee and look around and think, hmm, actually, I could ride a bike. So, so actually, we should mention that we are sitting in your coffee shop slash bike shop as well. Is that was that to, the reason to have a, a coffee shop? Was the conscious reason? Uh, well, well, I mean, I, I had always thought that two go well together, and, and long before I, I came into the cycle industry, I had sort of suggested to friends who are in bike shops that, you know, why don't you do coffee bar and bike shop together? I've always had a fascination with multi-purpose multi spaces, probably ever since uh, I, um, uh, I was in Montreal working as a bike messenger, and there was a, there was a, uh, a shop there that was a... Uh, it was a retail fashion store by day and a nightclub at night, and they had, and, and the fabulous efficiency of that I thought was just wonderful. Um, uh, so, the idea of me pairing coffee and bikes, two things I really enjoy, and I come from a hospitality background as well, um, it, it was just a natural fit. Um, and was, did you have the coffee shop in the shop that you had in Newtown? Yeah, as well? just a yeah, coffee bar. Yep. So yeah, back to the back to the transport style bikes as well. Maybe can you tell us what bikes you have in and what kind of bikes you stock in here? Yeah, well, we, we cover the interesting thing is, and you mentioned it before, that we're we're not um, the sort of cover, I can't remember the term you said, for it, but about covering all bases and jack of all trades. Or, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but the interesting thing is that. I look at sports shops as niche shops and if you go to Europe, if you go to Amsterdam, if you go to Copenhagen, um, the sports shops are the niche shops. By far and away there are more shops that are uh, specific to cargo bikes or upright bikes or, um, or what, what have you. Uh, we cover the whole spectrum of bikes for transport. which. There's a much bigger spectrum than there are of mountain bikes. Um, we have um, folding bikes, such as uh, the Brompton bikes. 
We have uh, a big range of cargo bikes and there's many different types of cargo bikes. There's long tail cargo bikes, there's front loaders, there's short johns, there's trunks, um, there's trailers. Um, uh, we also do uh, adventure bikes because so adventure bikes cover touring and gravel bikes and uh, bikes for recreation and the thing about that is a touring bike is essentially also a commuter bike. You carry stuff a certain distance every day and so the bike is the, uh, is the same so it kind of crosses in between that transport and utility. Um, uh, and then we have just standard urban pedal bikes, um, nice upright European styled uh, bikes and we have uh, electric bikes which of course at the moment is a big driver for, for, for getting new people on bikes or, or ex bikers back on bikes. Yeah. And, yeah. and what, what difference has the electric bike kind of made to, to, to your business or how has the introduction gone down? With uh, well, it, I mean it, it was definitely a natural fit for us because we're, we're about transport and we're about getting more people into, into cycling and um, anything that makes that enjoyable from day one uh, such as having an electric motor um, is hugely beneficial to, uh, to, to cycling in general in our city. Um, so yeah, it makes that accessible for people who don't have the, the base fitness. When you think about it, um, and I experienced this for the first time um, uh, recently, um, I, I've ridden a bike all my life and I've always been very fit and had strong legs and you know, after working as a messenger and partaking in the sport of, of, of cycling. Uh, after having uh, three kids and uh, a business, I found that I was riding my bike less than ever. And at one point, I actually got a little bit unfit. Uh, and I started to feel what other people feel, what new cyclists feel, which is it's actually not fun riding up a hill. Um, and you, it actually takes a lot of willpower to do it. Um, for, for someone well. who's who's quite unfit, that willpower they will need to sustain for months before it becomes enjoyable for them. And for most people, with their busy lives, that just doesn't really register as something that they could do. It's kind of like a barrier to, to absolutely. Get on the bike. And what the electric bikes allow is that it's enjoyable from the first day. Yeah. You don't need the willpower. You just go and do it, yeah. and you build up your fitness. And uh, you know we've started to have people now who have come back into cycling from uh, by riding an e-bike, and are starting to come back and saying, "Hey, I actually want I want a mountain bike, or um, you know I want I, I just want to ride a pedal bike." Um, so it's good. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel um, at the moment with, with when you're climbing a hill on your road bike, and then some someone comes whizzing past on an electric bike, looking casual, fresh, and. I'm not sure if I should envy them or, or just be angry at the South. Or yeah, well, it, <laughs> it's, it's good training bait. You just gotta, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, how different was the, the, the bike shop you had in Newtown compared to moving here? What was the reason for moving? Uh, it was pretty pretty similar vibe, really. Um, it was um, a fair bit smaller, um, and that was the main reason for us moving because. You know, we had a container out the back where we stored all the repair bikes, but we we just didn't have any storage room and um, couldn't couldn't fit many things on the floor. Um, and um, 
then this location on this corner came came up and I just loved it. I, I love the building. It's quite a landmark building for Wellington because of the mural of the uh, of the tranny that's on the outside. A really well known Wellington landmark. And um, if there was a place in town where I felt power shop fit in, this would be at this yeah, corner the here. The location's so, incredible. I mean, yeah. It almost feels like a place, like it's been here quite a while. When you said to me you've been here a year, I have no well, idea. That, and that's interesting because that's what everyone used to say about our new town shop too. It feels like it's always been here. And there's a certain comfort to that that makes people feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, and we want people to feel comfortable when they come in. We don't want people to feel awkward, like they're walking into a store where they don't fit in or... Um, yeah, I mean, going back to the when you mentioned bringing up the, the, the kind of jack of all trades kind of bike shop, and I think everyone, anyone listening or anyone that knows kind of a typical bike shop, um, it is that kind of sort of half retail, half warehouse kind of space where it's it, it's layered with different bikes, walls full of stuff. It's like how can you get as much stuff out as possible and and try and sell and that kind of stuff. And although those shops have been going well, and some of them do them really well. Um, for me, I'm really interested in, in, in how people are just adapting, changing, creating those niches like you mentioned uh, for transport. Other people, other bike shops are creating these uh, differences and, and part of my exploration going back home is to, to look at kind of those shifts from the traditional bike shop because you kind of hear all these stories of bike shops closing, bike shops you know, changing and, and, and these kind of struggles which everyone gets but those kind of small groups of people around the world that are kind of making those small changes and like I said that real definition of, of what it is you're doing is, is really clear with it, focusing on the, the transport. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, uh, a lot of those bike shops are, are, are fairly daunting for the uninitiated to walk into, um, uh, but there's a, there's a place for them and, um, and they serve a, a certain group of customers who, who like and want that. Uh, there's certainly a lot of shops who are struggling nowadays and they're, they're definitely the ones who aren't differentiating themselves from the big box stores. A small store um, cannot compete directly on price unless you're offering uh, something else that appeals to people, whether it's a, a better service, a different product, um, uh, uh, an experience. Um, yeah, so you do, you do have to do something differently. I mean, I don't come from a retail background, so it's all been new learning for me, uh, but I did have that strong feeling that we wanted to be um, uh, uh, a place with, um, I always worded it as, as um, uh, I always thought of sort of the butcher and baker shops as, uh, of, of past where they were kind of uh, a community place. We come down and say, "Hey, Sue. Um, hey, Joe. How are you? Good." And you meet your neighbours, and you you're part of a community, uh, and um, a different style of service where it's not self service. Oh, yeah, they're over there, but it's more like when you come to the grocer and all the uh, goods are stacked up behind yeah, yeah. the counter, and yes, I'll get that for you. And, or no, um, similar, similar kind of concept when I was riding around uh, France uh, six, seven in the morning. You find these big groups of people on the corner. You know what are they all doing? You go past, and it's the uh, it's a fresh bread being served. You know, at six, seven in the morning, and you go in and grab something quick, and everyone's outside, kind of having a chat, having a discussion. Yeah, so it's kind of right. the uh, yeah. French baguette. 
Yeah, it's just like when I used to go and, and, and buy the morning rolls in Cop at the corner bakery in yeah, Copenhagen yeah. and you stand in line there and, and say hello to everyone and it's, it's really a nice community. Yeah. Listeners, this is a mid-show public cycling announcement. Some of you may know already that I am currently based in Auckland getting ready for my big trip back and also being able to travel across New Zealand. But one of the reasons I set out to do this trip and to share everything that I'm doing is so that you guys can actually join, you know, if there's any section of it you want to join and hang out and ride and advise on, totally get involved. And with that in mind, in about two weeks time, I'm organizing an overnight bikepacking trip, which is going to go from Auckland down to Raglan on the west coast surf beach town and then back again to Auckland not directly because that's kind of like a bit of a long trip but it'll be uh, taking a train uh, to Pukekohe and then taking this long trip round for an overnight camp now if you're interested in bikepacking you are bikepacking then you're totally understanding you want to get involved if you're not and you're not sure about it it's probably a good place to start and if you're interested in, in coming along jump on my Instagram which is Pedaling Podcast um, let me know your feedback and I'll be doing it in collaboration with a few other people as well. So if you're interested in that, let me know. I'm also looking at doing potentially a race as well, which will go from Auckland to Cape Brianga, um, 600 kilometers potentially, and it'll be an all out race to see who gets there first and that kind of thing. So if you're really into that kind of stuff as well, then uh, again, drop me a line and I'll let you know the details. Enjoy the rest of the show with Dan. From living in Copenhagen, of course, I knew the Christiania trikes, and I just really wanted one of those. Um, so I called them up and I said, hey, um, I want one, can you send one to me in New Zealand? And they said, well, no, we can't. We have to send them in pallets of four. So okay. I had three bikes to sell, but I sold four. So you went and you, you, I you said, went yeah, well, yeah, send yeah. me a pallet. And I, I, I sold, I, but I sold four of them, so I had to order two pallets. So I still had three left over, but essentially my bike was paid for. So I had these three bikes and I thought, well, I'll set up a website. So I set up a website and I sold a few more. And um, I mean, no one was bringing cargo bikes in at that time. Nobody really knew what they were. I remember uh, one of the first rides I, I, I went on with my kids in, in the front of that trike. Um, uh, the next day we ended up on a website called Weird in Wellington. <laughs> um, Your first piece of marketing then, basically. Uh, I guess it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so I had these bikes and, and it just kind of, it was a side job to my to my chef uh, uh, job and... Um, what, so you mean you carried on getting the pallets? Yeah, uh, yeah. people kept ordering so I yeah, yeah. ordered a few more and it was kind of just this side thing that I was doing. Mm -hmm. But eventually I ran out of space in my shed uh, and then I ran out of space in a rented garage and so I was looking around for another storage space and um, this space in Newtown came up that was reasonably priced and uh, but I realized it wasn't um, it wasn't a storage it was a retail and it just clicked that these years of telling my friends why don't you do coffee and bikes together and that was it. So, so you weren't 
you know, growing the business to the point of getting your own kind of like bricks and mortar place. Yeah, it wasn't my like, intention. I can I can be fairly impulsive at times, and it was sort of like, okay, right, well, we're doing that. And three weeks later, I had a bike shop. Bike shop, coffee shop. Yeah, yeah. So um, I remember the first day we opened. Uh, it's my first first business. And you and you've obviously quit your job by then. And, no, I, I still worked my. Actually, I worked three jobs for the first year, and yeah, so yeah, I, I was kind okay. of juggling a few few yeah. things um, because I just started with my last paycheck, and um, my first day open in the store, we had uh, three bikes on the floor, two of which were my own. <laughs> And we've Which kind you were of, selling or just displaying? Uh, well, trying to fill the floor with something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you can't have that one, but uh, <laughs> this one's really good. Um, and it, we kind of just grew quite organically from, from there. Um, and how long ago was that? Uh, that was six years ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I've, I've had a lot of learning to do on the way. Mm. Um, the beauty of not going into something with a whole lot of cash uh, is that the mistakes you make are fairly dosed. Okay. Um, if you go into something you, you don't know a lot about with a whole lot of money, you can very quickly... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so and that's probably no two ways in the bike industry, right? You invest in something that doesn't shift and then you've kind of got a bit of a problem on your hands kind of thing? Yeah, that's right. And, and we've had that because we were importing from the start because, of course, the bikes that we wanted to sell weren't available in New Zealand. Um, you know, everything was also sports focused. It's only now we're starting to see some of the main distributors catching on to cargo bikes and utility bikes. Um, uh, but yeah, so we had to import the stuff that we wanted. So I had to learn all about importing and, and um, you know, you've got long lead time, sometimes six months from when you um, order, order the product to when you receive it. And you have to pick all how much of that's going to yeah. sell and yeah because you I mean you forget you, you're on a small little island in the middle of yeah. nowhere kind of yeah, compared right. to the rest of the world and yeah. you're probably last in the food chain to get stuff yeah I imagine compared to other yeah I mean it, from Europe it's, it's it's yeah two to three months uh, transit time so it's it's a long time so if you if from where you are now so what we're seven seven years from the first door opening you know, uh, yeah, yeah. so if you if you had to go back to this seven year younger you and give him some advice what would you go back and say um, is it is either thinking how much how much could you could you start with or, 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 or nothing um, I don't know. I mean, I've had fun along the way. I've had fun learning. I think we've had, we've done some fun things and we've done some good things. Um, uh, a lot of it's been tough, um, but it is when you have a business. I don't know if I'd, I'd say I'd do anything differently. There's no been, regrets then. Been no, no regrets. No, I think. Um, what about what about someone doing something similar, like trying to start themselves with you know next to nothing and, and trying to do something a little bit different in the bike industry? Um, and that's seven years of experience um, starting that. I, I guess what I would say um, uh, is try and try and do it uh, before you have three kids and you've just bought your first house, <laughs> because uh, you're going to work a whole lot. And um, 
you're going to get really tired and um, when you get tired uh, even the basic things can get quite difficult um, and um, uh, I don't wish for anything uh, anything different but I, 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 um, I do know um, that um, so you're talking about like the, 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 the getting the work-life balance. Oh, it, oh, not so much. It's just you know you you, you can you you can um, you can burn the candle at both ends and and get pretty pretty tired. And um, um, it's uh, I uh, an ex-employee of mine, um, uh, where a couple of them actually went down and um, and started a shop in, in Christchurch. And uh, they've done that nice and early. You know, they're young; they don't have uh, children, and um, um, uh, I, I guess what I would say is get in and, and do it early if you're up for it. Yeah. Uh, get the experience and and and, and go and do it. Um, uh, there's a lot that can go wrong with a with a bike shop, and um, it's um, it, it's a it, it's you know the real fact, and I think most people who work in bike shops know this. It can be a real hard slog. Um, um, it's, no, it's notoriously, from what I know and the friends that you know, have bike shops around, there's not a huge amount of money. You know, starting up a bike shop or even being involved in the industry itself, and um, sometimes it can be kind of yeah, laborious kind of work. Um, but but one, one thing that obviously you've done exceptionally well here is really finding something you want to focus on which is the transport um, whereas you haven't gone okay I want to, I want to make the best bike shop bike workshop area in the, in the, in the country kind of thing you've, you've actually focused on something that you know customers may not necessarily need now but you know in time they probably will or know you as the person to to go to to find that uh, yeah yeah we're definitely sort out from uh, by customers around the country for, for the style of bikes we do. We, the number of times uh, we've had customers up in Auckland who say, you know, oh, when are you coming to Auckland? When are you opening in Auckland? And uh, I think I think probably this uh, style of shop is a little bit uh, missing up there. Um, so yeah, we have we have sort of put our mark on 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 that on that niche. Um, but um, yeah. so you talked earlier about. Being involved in the creative side of Wellington. Um, so the other day I saw a piano in here, which is now not here. And I saw on your Instagram you were cycling the piano down the road on a cargo bike, yes. being played. Yep. The other day I saw a guy cycling past in a cardboard box. And then just now there's a there's a cargo bike with a an amp and speakers, you know, in, in the shape of a flower, um, sitting outside. Which you told me was like a like a, like a music portable music system yep um, where does all that kind of come from then? well I guess some of these things don't always make sense and um, uh, you might shake your head and go well why don't you just focus on being a bike shop or um, you know and accounts people might question why did you spend $8,000 on a music player <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> when you see it, it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But on paper, probably not. You know, there's cheaper ways that you can do that. You can just put a put a battery powered speaker on a bike, but then it would just be a battery powered speaker on a bike, and not something that um, inspires people to the fun of stuff. 
Um, you know, a, a lot of the events that we do, um, well, they're about fun and they're about showing people the fun of cycling. Uh, not just the people who are out there riding with us, uh, but also the audience, uh, which is the rest of the people in the city. We had a bike parade on Saturday night. We had over 100 people come along, all decked out in costumes, and we had the sound bike there, and we had laser lights and uh, all kinds of things. And we were pretty rowdy riding around uh, Wellington and doing big circles around the intersections, blocking traffic. And, and um, But everything with a smile on our faces. Um, and the public was cheering and taking photos and smiling and those people in the public want to be part of it next time and they're like, okay, cycling's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, things, things that inspire people to the, to the, to the fun. So, um, so are, you, are you constantly thinking, how can I just make stuff more fun? Or do these opportunities kind of come along and you're like, yeah, screw it. That's, that's, that's yeah, I'm always looking for reasons to have fun, and um, uh, there's a certain personal element to that too, because um, I just want to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the business is, is kind of a way to um, uh, to fund that fun. Mm. Um, it's, I guess, uh, I guess you could call it marketing, though it's it's marketing for recycling in general. It's not always marketing that falls back to our shop but I think it, it benefits the, the whole uh, cause or the whole uh, industry and um, um, yeah if you put it on a piece of paper and do calculations it might not always add up but I don't think everything needs to uh, we don't spend a lot on um, newspaper ads and radio ads and I, I've always felt like that kind of marketing uh, doesn't benefit anyone. It's kind of when you when you look at when you look at a business and you've got your product cost and you've got your staff cost, um, and then you've got whatever's left over is your profit. But in a lot of businesses, you've also got this big thing called marketing cost. And with a lot of business, that marketing cost takes up a big portion of 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 the sell price. And if you're taking up a lot of portion of the sell price with marketing, it means you've got to reduce the product cost. So to me, you're not getting a good value. You're not getting as much, um, as much um, uh, product value out of it. And so we like doing these fun marketing events that people can join in on. Uh, not too many people have fun reading a newspaper ad for a bike shop, uh, but you can have fun coming on a ride and yeah, doing whatever it is we do. I reckon. And so do you find do you find like the stuff you end up doing like naturally kind of ends up in those places where people find out about them? Uh, uh, our, our rides and stuff, we like them to be pretty public, um, and that's exactly for that reason: is inspiring others to come and join in. And, um, um, yeah, I want to. Talk about the, the the branding and also the the, the the kind of interior choices you've got in here because I don't know the, the branding for me is 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 something that stands out hugely. There's a real distinction between this and kind of other bike shops you see. Kind of yeah, again, you wouldn't look at it and think that's a bike shop. You yeah. think it was it was maybe like a like more of a product kind of a, more of a more of a trendy, sexy kind of like. Product you'd find out on the in an art gallery kind of shop, you know that kind of yeah, really clear, really colourful um, 
So yeah, what, so, so what, were the, what, were the, what was the decision to, to go with the, the colors, the type, the... Um, Even these icons you've got on the window as well. Yeah, I think the, uh, the, there's a bit of fun and a bit of quirk to everything we do. There's quirk in the events that we do, there's quirk in the, in the, uh, in the imagery we have. Um, and it's just about that fun, you know, the fun colors, a bright yellow and a, uh, and a bright orange. And um, they're cheerf cheerful. Um, yeah, I've, I've always liked um, uh, a reasonably. Uh, the, the aesthetics are important to me as much as the function is. Um, so we could have just called our suppliers and asked for a whole bunch of slat wall, and that would have looked nice and new, and it would have been versatile. Um, and it would have uh, achieved the same thing as in a plywood wall over there with all the, all the peg poles and all that, but it, it wouldn't have looked uh, homely and comfortable and welcoming. Uh, and we want it to look homely and comfortable and welcoming. Uh, so there was no choice to, but to make our own thing. Um, there was a little bit more thought behind that peg, pegboard wall as well, is that we, we when we have music gigs in here it's kind of like a, a perforated board to you know that so you can you can basically remove some of those uh, we can yeah we can move them wherever we want it's it's a system we came up with ourselves we've just got six mil uh, stainless rod and it all went through the yeah, CNC. Yeah. So that's part of your multi-space kind of. Uh, yeah, we knew after Newtown that we needed a more uh, a space that was more flexible for uh, for different purposes. So, so the whole so the whole workshop rolls back to the wall uh, to allow us to put a stage in the corner. Um, so this wall here we're looking at moves back. Uh, the wall doesn't, but the workshop does. The workshop frontage, uh, okay. the workshop bench is is on wheels and, and moves back. Uh, or we can open it up uh, when we when we do you know workshops. We have these little toolbox sessions we do with uh, with the public, um, teaching them bike skills and, and that kind of thing. And yeah, I mean this is the when I mentioned to you earlier when I first arrived. This is a place where people seem to seem to just just come and hang out. I remember talking to someone about this place and they, they kind of mentioned it being not really a bike shop. It's kind of a place. And even sitting here now with the these big double doors open, the sun coming through, the, the coffee, the, the sound, the noise outside. It feels like you could probably sit here for hours. Just Yeah, well, people do. People come and work on the, on, on the Wi-Fi, have their coffee, have their lunch. Uh, yeah, have a nice busy lunch with all the tables packed today. Um, the workshop's been flat out today. You know, we've, we've put, put through probably uh, between the two mechanics uh, working probably a dozen or 16 uh, bike repairs. Uh, most of the repairs we do are same day, um, and that's because we've got a small shop and not a lot of storage, so we carry it. It's much easier to carry a lot of stock of parts uh, than it is to carry a lot of stock of people's bikes for a week. Um, so um, we have most parts on hand that we can turn around repair work very quickly. Um, and so, but yeah, you're, you're right that it, it has that different feel, and yet it is a totally functioning bike shop and workshop. Yeah. yeah. So um, what's next for the shop? Um, 
What's the next? I, I think it, uh, we, we're probably in a stage of refining. Um, it was, it was, a, it was a, a big decision to move into the city. Um, we've had to find our feet again. Uh, we feel pretty good that we've, uh, we've, we've, sometimes when you move it, things change, but I feel like we've kept our heart and we've kept our, our, our same customers and we've, uh, we've found new ones. Um, and um, so now I think it's, it's more about uh, refining all, uh, working more seamlessly together and creating um, um, a, a well-oiled machine. Um, that you know that we can we can uh, give really good service and, and nail down our, um, a really nice lineup of, of products. If anything, we're we're talking about focusing uh, even more and um, um, yeah. When when you narrow things down and, and, and focus, you can you can. So it's not like a, work. adding a huge collection of new bikes or opening another store. Or We've expanded uh, the, our range of bikes considerably, but uh, we we found some really top quality brands that we we just feel are, are winners and and are, you know we we love Surly bikes. I've had my Surly for for twenty years, and um, the. The whole idea of Sealy's just fits so well with uh, who we are. Um, we're not about speed, we're about uh, quality and durability and resilience and comfort. Um, and we've found a, 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 a range of electric bikes that describe that as well. Uh, you know, the, uh, the German-made Kalkoff and Focus and uh, Ries and Müller, uh, the French Moustache bikes. Um, they're all... Um, just a, a quality we can really rely on. Talking folding bikes, I mean, Brompton bikes, it doesn't get any better with folding bikes, and they're just, they're just good bikes that people have for 10, 15, 20 years. Um, so, yeah, we're cool. just gonna fo focus around those, those good products. All right, well, are you ready for some uh, yeah. quick fire questions? Yep. Sure, yep, all right. As fast as you can. Latte or long black? Latte. Pedal hard or go electric? Go electric. Uh, kids on bikes or kids with bikes? No. What I mean is, kids on your cargo bikes or kids riding bikes? Oh, my kids do both. Okay, both. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, red or yellow? Well, orange or yellow? I, didn't, I thought it was red, but it's actually orange, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, orange or yellow? Yellow. A road or gravel? Gravel. North or South Island? South. Uh, up or downhill? Up. Uh, sweet or savoury? Savoury. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Flat or clip pedals? Flat. Roll bars, flat bars? Flat bars. Bike touring or bike packing? Can I, can I change that? Ape hangers. Sorry? Ape hangers. Ape hangers. Yeah. I've never heard of them. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Harley, Harley style yeah. bars. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, 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 I'll work out that. Think, yeah. um, bike touring or bike packing? I'm not sure if you do either anyway, but. Touring. 
Sounds good. Mm. Well, thanks for joining me, Dan. Right. Letting me hang out in your shop for a bit and yeah. telling the world about your little corner shop in Wellington. Cool. Thanks for, thanks for coming by. That's all right. Thanks for listening, peddlers, podcasters, listeners. Um, that was really cool. And next week, I'm talking to the guys that cycled and inspired me to get on my bike and ride back home. It's the world spokespeople, Tane and Anek, Anake, sorry, um, who cycled back from London back to New Zealand. And they were the first guys I saw doing this trip. Um, this is cycle touring, not bikepacking. Um, they have loads more kit than, than I could even ever dream of. Uh, the guys that I met up with uh, last week and went cycling with them to the Cape Rianga, which is the north part of New Zealand, for a few days. And I got to speak to them a few weeks before that and really get to understand their kind of trip and, and how they kind of planned it and, and organized it and riding through all these countries. But these are the guys that inspired me. I'm super, 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 super stoked to, to share this with you guys. Um, and anyone actually thinking about cycling long distances and to, to do this kind of trip you should totally listen to this one because it's going to be really really good anyway thanks for listening don't forget jump on instagram uh pedaling podcast and pedalingpodcast.com as well reach out share stories with me if you want to go for a ride i'm in auckland for the next six to eight weeks so hit me up and we go riding so cool have a nice week